This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. How is artificial intelligence going to change the venture capital landscape? Are our, our only, uh, you know, are VCs only going to be investing in everything AI? Should you be throwing artificial intelligence into your company if you're a startup founder, entrepreneur? I don't know. I don't have all of the answers to these questions, but I have a very special guest today that can help us figure that out. So uh, welcome. This is Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter helping everyday people like you and me not just understand what's going on in the world of AI, but how we can actually use it. So uh, if you are interested in the ever-changing startup landscape, you know, and specifically even how artificial intelligence is really helping to form and shape uh, the future of startups, today's episode is for you. Uh, so if you are joining us live, thank you. Uh, make sure to get your questions in now. You know, what do you want to you, uh, what, what do you want to know about this changing landscape? Um, in venture capital and artificial intelligence and startups. Um, so before we get to that, let's first talk about what's going on in the world of AI news. Uh, so first, Britain's AI summit is reportedly not off to a great start. Uh, so the UK government, we talked about this last week on the show, is organizing a global summit on AI governance with a focus on potential AI-driven uh, problems, right? So this narrow focus, however, has excluded some important voices from UK's own AI industry and has raised some concerns about the inclusion of Chinese officials. Uh, so this limited agenda for the summit has already drawn criticism for ignoring more real, immediate, uh, kind of just real-world risks of AI and hindering uh, the UK's ability to compete in the industry. So already a lot of criticism toward this uh, Britain's AI summit that was supposed to bring everyone together, and now it's already starting to draw a little bit of controversy. All right, next. A lot of Apple news over the weekend, y'all. So we're, we're going to get to the two biggest ones. So uh, first, uh, new report uh, has said that Apple's uh, some, some Apple insiders are leaking the company's AI plan uh, for the next iPhone. So uh, AI, or sorry, uh, Apple, rather, may be playing catch up to some of its rivals. Uh, so Google's Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro uh, that were recently released are AI-first smartphones with AI integrated both into the hardware and software. And this has kind of left Apple scrambling a little bit to catch up in the AI race. Um, and they are planning to test some new AI capabilities in the coming months before potentially releasing uh, some of these AI software features in iOS 18. That's not the only Apple news. We'll cap it off with uh, some more Apple news. So some new reports say Apple has a, quote, lot of anxiety about the Gen AI momentum. So Apple was official, uh, officially, uh, initially caught off guard by sudden focus on AI in the tech industry. And now they're kind of working to catch up. So the companies, get this, y'all, the company's AI team, according to recent reports, has allegedly a budget of $1 billion to be working on generative AI. Uh, so Apple is exploring different ways to integrate generative, uh, generative AI into various applications from development tools to customer service tools, as well as implementing AI to improve user experience. Um, I don't know about y'all, but like a billion dollar budget, like that's wild, right? All right, but uh, let's, let's get back to why you joined us today. You probably are here to hear and to talk about 
artificial intelligence in the VC world and kind of the ever-changing uh, landscape. So uh, with that, please help me welcome to the show. There we go. We have uh, Leon Eisen, an inventor, serial entrepreneur, and venture partner of Network VC. Leon, thank you so much for joining the Everyday AI Show. Hi, Jordan. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. I, I uh, follow your Everyday AI almost every day, and I like it. A lot of my friends were there. So thank you for inviting me. No, absolutely. Hey, speaking of friends, we have some of our everyday AI regulars joining us on the show. So Brian saying good morning. Dr. Harvey saying he's catching oh, it from Texas. Hi, yeah. Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have the usual crew. So hey, if you have any questions uh, for Leon just about AI in the venture capital industry and how it's changing, please get those questions in now. So Leon, maybe let's start start at the top. Can you tell everyone a little bit uh, about kind of uh, what you do? Because uh, that's a lot, inventor, serial entrepreneur, venture partner. What is it that you do uh, with Network VC? Uh, yeah, but I would like to start from the beginning, I would say. So I have PhD in physics and uh, did my postdoctorate research in quantum computers, specifically laser cooling. And this has uh, created some basis where I am today. So I was working like, in, then I left uh, science, spent for a long time and became engineer and then moved to entrepreneur, entrepreneurial area. And in 2009, in the middle of crisis, I uh, succeeded to raise the first million dollar. People laughed on me. So I was almost in a, in a level of bankruptcy, but it was very difficult as I burned my boats and finally succeeded and invented the world first FDA cleared pulse oximetry monitor at risk long before everybody else just got into this market. Today, people use my device like a predicate and successful in the market. And for 10 years, I was managing uh, Occitan Medical, like CEO, I was founder of this company and get uh, this company to, to somehow success. And so I learned a lot through my uh, experience for a long time. And somehow all, uh, all planets aligned in one. I think I should get into investment area because I didn't touch it yet. And I all the time I, I was sitting in front of investors and I learn how they think. And then I get into their uh, play into their chair, uh, just sitting in the on the, their chair. Uh, now I understand how wrong I was then I I raised a lot of millions, but actually all the time today I understand how I was wrong with my uh, approach. To how investors really think. And now I understand this. And now I teach a lot of uh, uh, startups. I'm not only investing, I'm teaching. I'm mentor of Founder Institute. I'm mentor of uh, many accelerators. And uh, really, the main problem that entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, they're not ready to raise money. I didn't see any entrepreneur ready to raise money. 99% of entrepreneurs cannot give you elevator pitch for photos even 60 seconds. And somehow they rise. They rise. And this is very interesting stuff. So, 
So, you know, Leon, you obviously have an impressive in uh, a background from all different angles, you know, in, uh, you know, venture capital, you know, entrepreneurship, um, and even the uh, kind of being an inventor yourself. But let's just first kind of get a general understanding. So when we're talking uh, about AI, I'd love to get your uh, kind of vantage point of this, you know, because you do have uh, a background that's more seasoned than most and, and more well-rounded than than a lot of, uh, you know, people that we talk to. But, you know, when when we talk about a general understanding of artificial intelligence, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, and do you think it's something that's going to eventually bring us together? Or could AI be something that, you know, could kind of fracture us and, you know, also with different startups in the industry as well? Yeah, very interesting question. Thank you very much. First of all, we have to understand what is it AI. I know it's 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 interesting to tell you AI everyday AI to to talk about what is it AI. But I want to share my understanding. So as you know, IBM fifty years ago defined AI like software that mimics decision making and the problem solving uh, by by the uh, human mind. I consider AI like some kind of mirror of the human mind mirror so way how we understand ourselves because we are like a world of humanity are totally unconscious and how to bring us to consciousness that's why we have wars that's why we have injustice that's why we are in in this in a, a position where we are today in our world and my view that AI should help us to understand ourselves and make bring our to some conscious level to awareness about who we are and what we are going to do to continue to thrive like humanity, like civilization. And this is my main mission when I'm investing in AI. I always think about, okay, there is a specific problem AI is solving now, but how this problem looks like a part, looks like a part of the general vision I have to where we're going. And so I developed an interesting approach. There is an AI agent, and we challenge this AI agent. Some people uh, tell us that it's disaster, so AI will kill uh, civilization. Other people uh, think differently. They are optimistic. They think, okay, AI will help to bring civilization to the next level. I don't know, but to uh, my, uh, my understanding, a human has some DNA which connected to, uh, to the quantum field, I would say, to the field maybe there is a life <laughs> beyond our physical life and definitely we have connections to something that gives us power gives us intuition and gives us something that uh, i'm not sure any machine could have so when people ask me oh ai going to kill humanity because ai outperform humanity and will manage humanity back and I answer, okay, we all know it's proved that when people die, their soul comes out of the body and people see themselves from the top. Now my question, 
is machine can do it? Dying. Never. So I, AI asymptotically will continue to be close and close to human knowledge. I, I call it ultimate knowledge. Yeah. Mm. And human is growing. AI continuously will approach this growing, but will never cross it. This is my understanding of a place of AI in our life. Yeah. And uh, Leon, you bring up a lot of interesting points there, right? Because there is definitely, um, you know, not just in the startup landscape, but I think in the general population as well, you know, some people are uh, very, um, you know, kind of looking forward to integrating AI into their everyday life. Some people aren't, you know, some people are, are hesitant and they say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't trust it. Um, you know, uh, or, Hey, this could take my job. So I'm just not, I'm going to stay away from it. But, you know, I, I specifically want to even ask you about how this is, um, how AI's rapid implementation into our daily lives is changing the startup scene, because it seems like from my vantage point over the last maybe year or two, now every single startup that I see is somehow, you know, integrating AI into their product, into their service, um, have you seen this? And is this a, a good thing or a bad thing for the startup landscape? This is a very important thing. Uh, today, I do not consider any startup if startup doesn't have AI elements or in their operations or in their product. It's very important because uh, for us, for investors, uh, we are we are keen to see some uh, some optimization of money spent. And today, if you cannot spend money and optimize this spending, you will not succeed. You will be outcompeted by other startups. So it's very important, uh, and this is what I teach startups and uh, in my portfolio and uh, like a mentor and advisor. Uh, the first thing I start, let's uh, take a look on your uh, operations. Like, let's take a look on your business processes. How are you doing um, uh, customer success? How are you doing uh, marketing and sales? I think today AI should be involved and introduced in all these operation stuff. And if startup doesn't have this, I'm sure I'm not going to invest at all. I'm going to consider this startup at all, but I'm going to help this startup to, to implement it. Yes, I'm going mm. to help. But again, it's too early to say how many startups will implement, but in 2004, 24, uh, I think the most important part of investment dynamics into startups is to have optimal uh, processes to uh, that enable to invest less and to get a return of investment much more. You know, uh, Leon, something something I'm always thinking of specifically when it comes to startups is it seems like, you know, kind of pre, uh, we'll just say pre-chat GPT because I think that kind of, you know, put this gen AI um, kind of onto the scene. But it seemed like, you, you know, uh, 
something you would always see startups doing is, is investing heavily in maybe certain areas that they didn't need to, um, you know, how kind of, so going back to what you just said about, you know, startups needing to work generative AI with, with their operations, business processes, customer success, is this changing how even startup teams should, should be operating? Do they need to have, you know, these huge six figure, uh, you know, development teams, even when they're very small working on an MVP, is this going to make leaner, you know, smaller startups able to compete? Whereas, you know, maybe three, five years ago, they needed a large team. Absolutely. This is exactly the point because when we invest, we're looking for a uh, high performance and we're looking for having this startup on the cat edge of their development and technology today. Definitely, uh, if they have, for example, uh, have uh, five uh, salespeople and they don't use a CRM that includes uh, AI, just very simple CRM like uh, Excel or something like this, definitely I'm not going to consider this startup like, uh, like a potential winner. The problem is that it's not uh, market is not ready uh, not a lot of hr in uh, ai space so it's quite difficult to hire people who understand this but also my approach i hire in my companies i usually hire junior people i never hire high level professionals okay i can like advisor right like advisor very good so my approach and this is what i ask startups to do so you should have uh, some junior that has a fresh mind and could learn everything from the beginning without some garbage that this guy bring by the, himself by the age of 50. I know it by myself. It's a lot of garbage that really disturbs and you have to remove this garbage. Not, not everybody can do it. So you have to have the fresh mind and uh, then you have to advise uh, to, to hire advisor, very professional, very senior guy who can help these young guy to grow. So kill two rabbits. First, company will thrive in this case. And second, this guy, young guy, has a huge opportunity to learn quickly and to grow in his career. Uh, I love this. Yeah, I mean, what... <laughs> Literally, as I say, I love this. Tanya just said, uh, comment said, uh, I love this. Someone who is a visionary, he can spot potential. Uh, absolutely. So thank you. If you are joining us, please get your questions in. Dr. Harvey Castor saying, great discussion. I'm working on my startup in AI and healthcare. But a question for you here, Leon. So someone asking, you know, maybe what AI tools uh, are even VCs using these days? So I, I, I love that. So we're talking about, you know, how AI is changing uh, things in for uh, startups. But, you know, what about for VCs? Is, is it changing? Are, are these AI tools changing how you operate? And what tools are even VCs using that are kind of uh, AI tools? Absolutely. Uh, today, many VCs using AI tools and a lot of startups developing due diligence AI tools for VCs. I know I, I just got uh, recently some pitch deck of very interesting startup, which uh, enables VCs to, to, to make due diligence for a couple of hours instead of instead of a couple of weeks. So it's it's amazing opportunity for VC uh, to, to, to have the right decisions because usually VC decide on combination of emotional and analytical stuff. Uh, 
and uh, AI doesn't have emotional stuff. For example, in network VC, we put specific uh, specific plank on investment. So we try to eliminate emotional investment. We try to we we invest in company having some numbers and figures already done, like million dollar or two million dollar revenue, high growth, uh, some very uh, top forty uh, venture capital invested before. Uh, this just eliminate uh, some emotional so stuff. But again, just a couple of days ago, I had very interesting conversation with uh, uh, interesting accelerator and venture fund. It's starter, net starts. I, I, I like uh, this guy. I like this uh, their approach, and they use a very sophisticated algorithm uh, for uh, for for startups. Uh, Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realized that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. You know, as we look forward, um, so if if maybe a startup founder is, is hearing this and they're saying, oh, you know, maybe we're not using AI in all of these places that we should. Maybe we are still you know, wasting, uh, you know, some of our valuable time and resources by not being uh, efficient with generative AI. Leon, maybe what are, uh, you know, a piece of advice or two that you might have uh, for, for people working in startups on if they are kind of struggling to get the most out of gen AI, how can they do so? First of all, people working in startup do not have struggle with using AI. If they struggle with using AI, they don't have to work in startup. Uh, so startup is a very important filter of people who can and who cannot uh, able uh, enable or, or not. So a uh, piece of advice or uh, or hire mentor. This is very important. Today, for example, recently I I, I was a judge in one uh, in one competition, and it was a clear gap between startup uh, founder who has mentor and startup founder, I call them assholes, who thinks they know everything, they don't need anybody uh, to help them. Then they come to me back and say, okay, I'm out of money now, now. what I have to do? I said, okay, you should come to me a year ago. Why, why, why didn't? Uh, so this is very important. Startup founder should understand if he struggle with something, not, not about AI exactly, with something, with, I don't know, personal issues, with uh, money issues, 
with uh, management issues, with everything, with culture. It's very important to build appropriate culture. I have a specific course about how to build the culture. And based on quantum business thinking, this is my methodology I developed specifically for startup growth. I invite people to my website, uh, learneisen.com. So you will be, you will learn very interesting, unusual things there. So I usually I tell, I, I, I encourage such entrepreneurs uh, to find mentor, a lot of free mentors around, go to accelerator, take a mentor, learn, because as I said before, 99% of startup founders cannot give you elevator pitch. I'm not talking about that they have to do it in the middle of night when you just wake up and they have to do it immediately. They cannot do it after, I don't know, 10 minutes of conversation. And that's why pitch deck is totally wrong because usually elevator pitch you build from the pitch deck. First, you build the pitch deck, you identify your objective, you identify your key results at the end of your journey, startup journey to understand what kind of exit you have to have. And then they don't know how to, to make elevator pitch. So if people cannot give me elevator pitch, it means I don't have to open pitch deck because pitch deck is totally wrong. This is what I understand because they didn't get anything through writing this pitch deck. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I do think, you know, as we start to rely more on these generative AI tools, it does take away, I think, you know, some of the uh, the startup founders' ability to to think into rationale, into reason, and to communicate. Because if you do come overly reliant on these AI tools, it almost comes harder. I think, Leon, to maybe you know, quote unquote, show your work, or you know, hey, how did you come from you know uh, from point one to point B? Well, if you relied on you know two or three Gen AI tools to do the heavy lifting that's okay. But you have to be able to, like you said, you have to be able to still deliver the pitch and to uh, explain the rationale behind uh, the decision makings. Um, exactly. So as, as you know, as I said before, AI is not me, IBM said. <laughs> <laughs> AI, uh, by definition, should mimic decision making, but mm. should somebody should make decision making. So AI mimics, you make it and you have to calibrate your understanding of AI in order to deliver what AI gave you. Hmm, absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, we've, we've talked about it a lot in today's show so far, you know, everything from some best practices on how startups can, um, you know, better use generative AI tools, how the landscape is, is changing a little bit. Uh, but one thing I, I kind of wanted to, to end today's show on is, is how is um, AI changing everything for VCs for, you know, venture capitalists, maybe people in private equity. So, you know, you kind of gave one example of, you know, there's startups even now working on generative AI tools to help VCs kind of, uh, you know, do their due diligence a little faster. But, you know, outside of that, you know, uh, kind of a specific example, how even for you, how is generative AI changing the role uh, of a venture capitalist and, you know, private equity and these companies that are investing in startups? Uh, I, dramatically, for me, dramatically, because first of all, it accelerate my job, very much accelerate. And second, it accelerate my understanding what I'm looking for, because again, I can use AI for my decision making. It, it's very difficult to 
to think out of the blue. Okay, here is a list of cons, here is a list of pros. No, I ask AI, what do you think? But very important to, uh, to make a correct prompt. But actually change uh, my, even change my understanding how I'm going to invest, how I'm going to build the company. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's critical, but I cannot consider how AI helped VC, uh, VC industry without considering all the industry. As you know, that uh, Price Water, Waterhouse uh, said that by 2030, uh, AI will increase our industry growth by 14%. So all goes together. It's like in frontal, you know, like in front. All goes together. So AI introduction in horizontal and vertical, vertical in industrial uh, enterprises, and the uh, whole industry is growing. And venture capital should thrive because optimization of of startups, optimization of investment, make automation of investment tools, uh, reducing some emotional uh, uh, components to some level. It's important, but to some level for people who cannot give their emotions. But in any case, what I have to say by conclusion, do not think that AI will help to entrepreneurs. This is what I tell to entrepreneurs. AI won't help you unless you have created wow effect. It doesn't matter using AI, something else, blockchain. It's just finally it will be commodity. It's commodity. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, it's just tool. You, like a human being, you should create, craft, wow effect to success in your business. Hmm. So much, so much great advice, uh, you know, Leon. So thank you. Like I said, we we covered so many things uh, on this. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the Everyday AI Show and just sharing about uh, kind of AI's uh, impact in venture capital. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Jordan. It was a All great right. conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, agree. And hey, there was a lot, you know, uh, Leon mentioned, you, you know, his website. So make sure you also go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the free daily newsletter there, because we're going to be recapping not just everything that, that Leon talked about, but there's going to be a lot more. So sharing some different insights um, and, and really helping you all unpack this extremely valuable conversation. So uh, thank you for joining. And we hope to see you back for another episode of Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.